some of you may not have realized it or not, but um, we didn't observe communion last month. Hopefully you did remember that we didn't, didn't do that because that's, you know, Christ told us when he, when he had the Lord's Supper with his disciples, he told, told his disciples, when you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So, you know, I pray if we ever kind of get, you know, off track with this and we're not observing communion, somebody comes up and tackles me and says, we haven't done communion, what's the deal with this? You know, because we need to do that. The Bible doesn't tell us how often to do it, but Christ does tell us to, to, to do it in remembrance of him. And uh, we do it once a month. You, you, could, you could do it. Again, it doesn't give us any instructions on how often to do it. I think if you did it too much, it might take away the significance of the meaning of what it is that we're remembering. But, um, but anyway, we're going to take communion today. And um, so, you know, obviously Jesus didn't want us to forget it. We think about the cross. You know, we look at, you know, Danielle's life yesterday. I mean, the cross... The cross is the gate of uh, the gateway and the door of everything that we receive that's good from God. I mean, every blessing, every benefit, everything that we have that's good from God, the cross made that possible for us. So it was, was obvious that Christ did not want us to ever forget the price that was paid for our salvation. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. The Bible tells us that all of us are under sin, and, and, it's, and the curse of sin, the Bible says, is death. And it's not just physical death, it's spiritual death, which is really more dangerous than the physical death because the spiritual death, the Bible tells us that we, when we were born, we were eternal beings. In other words, we were created to live forever. Our soul is gonna, was, was, was eternal. We, we're going to live forever. The question is, where are we going to spend eternity? Well, if Christ wouldn't have came, our eternity was going to be apart and separated from God. It wasn't hell. That, that was our destiny. That was, our, that, that was the place that we were destined to go to because of our willful disobedience to go against God's, God's instruction. Death was the, was the curse that was, that was on man. We, we are, uh, without Christ, in a, in a hopeless, desperate condition. And, and to make it more severe, man cannot help man. In other words, we cannot help ourselves. And, you know, man wants to try to create and come up with all this, you know, creativity and all this, the things that they're, they're doing in the world today. But the one thing that man cannot do, man cannot save himself, no matter how hard he tries. And that's what all the religions have tried to do. Religions have tried to create a way or a mechanism that we can put in place where we can work and become good enough and do enough good works to earn our salvation. But the Bible said it's not by works. It's by faith. It's by grace that, that you have been saved, not by works, lest any man should boast. So, so as much as we might want to try to do it, we cannot save ourselves. So on our own, we are truly lost, just as the Bible says. We're lost. We need help. We need help from another place, from another source. We need supernatural intervention. Some, something outside of ourselves, we need help. And that's where God steps in, and that's today's message, is the cross is the supernatural redemption of humanity. And um, in this message, and again, I want to, you know, we're going to observe communion today, so obviously I want to speak of the cross, but as I met, uh, speak on this, uh, the cross, you know, a lot of times, you know, the, uh, when, you, when you preach, um, you know, the Bible says that there's the, the, uh, the, some of the gifting of the church was, was preachers, some of it was teachers. 
You know, I believe when you preach, sometimes there's a teaching component that's, that becomes part of that. And today is probably one of those messages where, you know, and you really have to kind of study and understand, you know, what it is that God has done for us. And, and I think I've said this to this church before, but we'll never really value or appreciate what, what God has done for us if we don't understand what he's done. If we don't, you know, the Jews understood they really understood that when they got the, when they got the revelation that Jesus Christ, because all their life they were told that, that God was going to send a Messiah, that a Savior was going to come that was going to save them, they understood when they finally had the revelation that Christ was the Messiah, they were blown away. But I think some of us really don't really grasp the, the, the fullness of what it is that the cross has done for us. You know, so I just want to kind of look at that today. But you know, the cross... I believe, has lost its value and meaning of what it really represents. And um, it's not an always an intentional thing, but the cross has been reduced to only a symbol. And in most cases, it represents a religion or a religious institution, or it's nothing more than just a, a, a sacred symbol or a piece of jewelry. Now, it's not wrong to have a, a, the cross as jewelry. There's nothing wrong with that. But the cross means much more than, than gold, than, a, than, than, than jewelry that we have. Obviously, it's a reminder for us, and it's something that, that maybe we use to display or demonstrate to the world you know, our salvation, but it's much more than just, than, than just jewelry, obviously. And um, so the cross, if you, if you study, and y'all, most of y'all probably have seen Mel Gibson's film, The, um, the Passion of the Christ, and, and, and Mel Gibson, you know, I think he did a remarkable job illustrating what, it, what, a, what a Roman crucifixion looked like. And I've said this before, but a lot of people, even Christians, had no idea what that was all about until they saw that film. Like, they never really read or studied what it is. But, but to this day, I believe it's probably one of the cruelest, uh, crucif cruelest um, ways you can, you can kill someone, even to this day. The, 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 the person was there, and we know Jesus was flogged before he was nailed to the cross, the nails were driven through his hands and through, through his feet. And, but before he was nailed to the cross, if you, you remember the passion, he was flogged. And it wasn't just a, a leather whip. It was, it was pieces of metal and scrap and glass or whatever. And that whip was there and it did and it cut you. So, I mean, he, he suffered and he was humiliated as he, hung, as he hung on the cross. So the cross is a symbol of death. It, 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 that's what it symbolizes, that, that Christ was, was willing to die for us and um, so, but the cross has not only disappeared from churches, but it, it, it also um, has its message and its meaning. You know, a lot of people, and even churches that claim to be Christian churches, don't preach the cross. They don't speak of the cross. And part of it may be because they're, they're worried about maybe offending someone. You know, maybe, you know, if, if we speak about the cross, somebody might get offended. Well, that, that's okay. I mean, that the cross is going to offend people. We, we have to speak the truth of what the cross means. But if you think about it, the cross is the greatest rescue story ever recorded in human history. It's the greatest rescue story man has ever received that, that, that has ever happened in human history. It's the greatest power ever released. It's greater than every nuclear bomb combined. There's, there's no greater power than the cross. There's no greater... Uh, rescue and, and love that God could demonstrate than the cross. But perhaps I believe the part of the cross that is probably most forgotten is, is the event of the cross 
was not of earth. It had nothing to do with man. And that's what I want to focus on here this morning is that everything that God did for us with our salvation and the cross, it had nothing to do, in other words, with, with, with what it gave us. It was all about us. It had everything to do with God's love for us. But, but what, it, what it provided for us had nothing to do with man. It was, all, it, it was all God. It came from heaven, not from man. It was not a natural man-made event. It was a supernatural work of God, the creator. See, God designed it in such a way that man in no way had anything to do with, it, to do with its power. God wanted us to understand we needed supernatural intervention, and God delivered. God wanted to make it in such a way that we understood that only he could save us. <laughs> and everything that was, that was tied and connected to the cross was from him, not, not, not from man. It's so important for us to understand that. So in this message, I want to look at the cross probably in a way maybe we've never have through the lens of the supernatural. And yes, it was God demonstrating his love and mercy for us, but the elements of the cross itself are all supernatural coming from another place outside the natural dimension. In other words, it wasn't of, it wasn't of human origin. It wasn't of natural descent. It wasn't of flesh, and, uh, of flesh. It was something that was supernaturally given to us from, from heaven. See, we needed help from a source outside the natural. We needed supernatural redemption. And y'all probably sung that song before, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I don't know if y'all ever sung I remember when I was in the youth group at the Baptist church. I, oh, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. By the, but but what, is, what does the word redeem or redemption mean? Well, redemption, and listen to this. This, is, this really, I think, really plainly describes what it means. Redemption includes the ideas of loosing from a bond, setting free from captivity or slavery, buying back something lost or sold, exchanging something in one's possession for something possessed by another and ransoming. That's what you and I, that's redemption. Now, loosing from a bond and setting free from captivity or slavery, what's that? That's the condition that you and I were in with sin. The Bible says we were held captive by our sin. We were in slavery, just like the Jews were in slavery. When they, when they, were, in Egypt, when they were in Egyptian bondage, they were, they were held as captives. And then it says, buying back something that was lost or sold. Who's that? That's us. We, 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 we were lost. We, 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 we were lost, the Bible says, and exchanging something in one's possession for something possessed by another. That's the cross, that God exchanged Christ. God exchanged Jesus Christ for us that he might purchase us or ransom us or buy us back. That's what redemption is. We, we've been redeemed. We've been purchased, we've been bought back by the blood of the Lamb, by the, by the cross of Christ. So how accurate I believe that definition is of what redemption is all about. See, for redemption to be activated, you need a redeemer. In other words, I need somebody, someone had to step up and say, okay, I understand what needs to happen here, I'll do it. <laughs> and Jesus was willing to be that, he, he was our redeemer. He was willing to pay the price for our, for our salvation, for our, for our forgiveness. So, um, again, you know, this morning as we, as we take communion and we celebrate this, it's just so important for us to be reminded of what the cross has done for us because I believe an, a, a revelation and an understanding of the cross will sustain us in our Christian walk. 
It will give us hope, just like yesterday. What, was, what, was, what hope could we give to Clay and to, to, to his family for Danielle? What, what, was, what hope was there? Apart from Christ, there was no hope. You know, we could have came together and said nice things about her life and how good of a mom she was and how she lived her life, but really, apart from that, what hope can you give someone apart from Christ? That's our hope. It's in Christ. So obviously, it's extremely important for us to not just remember that, but understand what it was that God has done for us. So um, let, let's look at this here. You know, let's look at the supernatural work of the cross and the elements in the cross that were supernatural. The first thing was, was the Lamb of God was a supernatural sacrifice. The Lamb of God was a supernatural sacrifice. In the Old Testament, God established for us the requirements for forgiveness of sins. If you, if you read the, the Old Testament and, and, and all of the different uh, laws and regulations that were done, God was, God was showing Israel and showing us what was required for forgiveness of sins. In the book of Leviticus, it says if someone brings a lamb as their sin offering, they are to bring a female without defect. They are to lay their hands on its head and slaughter it for a sin offering at the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered. See, God required death as a sacrifice to atone for our sin. He gave the nation of Israel his requirements and his laws. Forgiveness of sins always required death. And, and everything that God instituted in the Old Testament, if you look at what God was putting in place for the Israelites to be forgiven, something had to die. They had to be death. Blood had to be spilled. It was, it was an animal. It was, it was the blood of goats and bulls and all those different things. And all throughout the Old Testament, animals were sacrificed. Their sacrifice provided a substitute for, this, for the sinner. In other words, that animal became the substitute, became the, the sacrifice for the, for the sin of that individual. That's what God was showing them. But, but these sacrifices, though accepted by God, were only a temporary covering and therefore, they needed to be repeated. In other words, in the Old Testament, God was given in the requirements for forgiveness. You, you had to sacrifice a, a, a lamb or a, or a bull or a goat or whatever. The blood had to be spilled. So God was showing that this is what required. This is what is required for you to be forgiven. But it was not a permanent sacrifice. It had to be repeated and repeated and repeated again because it never would remove the sins. Hebrews chapter 10 says, but those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. See, the regulations put in place by God were only a reminder of their sin. They had no power to remove their sin. Words, they reminded them of their sins, but they didn't remove their sins. Those who came with their sacrifice walked away forgiven, but they were still in their sinful condition. Do you understand what that means? It was God, God forgave them. He, he forgave them because they were willing to, to be obedient and sacrifice that animal, but they were still left in their sinful state. The, 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 sin, the stain of sin still remained on them. They were still separated from God. All the things that God was doing for us in the Old Testament was a foreshadowing of the greater things yet to come in Christ. And I've said this to this church before, if you read the Bible, the Bible is one gigantic crescendo building to one main event, the cross of Calvary. 
There was that, that, that was God. The, the whole Bible was pointing to Jesus Christ and not just Christ coming to the earth, but Jesus Christ sacrificing his life and, and, and allowing himself to be crucified on a cross that you and I might be forgiven and cleansed and healed. Aren't you thankful for the cross? That's what the Bible was all about. The redemption of man. It was the greatest love story ever written. That God would allow his only son to come and to die for us. Because God knew we couldn't do it ourselves. We needed, we needed, we needed someone else. See, we needed a redeemer who was sinless apart from man. We needed Jesus who was the perfect sacrifice. In the Old Testament, God always instructed the Jews, when you, when you brought the lamb, what did he always say? Bring a lamb that was without defect. What was he telling them there? He was showing them that the sacrifice had to be pure and perfect. You and I are not pure and perfect. No matter how much we try to be, we, we, we could never become clean enough or good enough to tell God, God, I'll die for my sins. It would never be good enough because it had to be someone who was sinless and without sin. And only God, only, only Christ could meet those requirements. See, Jesus was not of this world. He came from another place. Jesus came from the supernatural. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. See, Jesus was the perfect spotless Lamb. He was, the, he was the perfect picture of what God was foreshadowing all throughout the Old Testament. So his death on the cross was not from earth. The cross and everything that God provided for us was from God. Jesus was our substitute, our sacrifice that satisfied, that satisfied God's demand for forgiveness. See, all the bulls and goats and all those things that were sacrificed, those are just annual reminders of sin. But Jesus came, the Bible says, once and for all and was sacrificed for man's sin. But Jesus didn't just forgive us. He removed the sins. The sin is, is, is removed from us in Christ, the Bible says. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. What he did for us on earth was only a copy of what took place in the real tabernacle in heaven. Hebrews chapter 9 says, For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands. That was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now, now to, to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Christ sacrificed for our sins once. The, 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 the sacrifice Christ gave us, was, was the requirement was only once because he was the perfect sinless lamb, the Bible says. God, Jesus was from heaven. He was from God. Therefore, his sacrifice was the only one that was needed. So there can be no doubt that the sacrifice that God gave us on the cross was supernatural. Jesus came down from down to us from heaven, and, and he, he provided the sacrifice for us. So that is so important for us to understand. Jesus Christ was not from earth. He was from heaven. He was perfect. He was sinless, the Bible says. And I'm going to show you that again in another scripture here. But the next thing that was supernatural was the blood. The blood was a supernatural power of Jesus Christ. The Bible, if you read it from Genesis, Genesis to Revelation, is a bloody book. 
that blood was spilled from Genesis to Revelation, but the, the, the blood that was given for the sacrifices, the blood that Israel spilled on the battlefields that, 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 they, that they engaged in with war, the Bible is filled with, with stories after stories of blood that was shed. The covenant that was given in the Bible was a promise and a contract. It was a binding agreement between two parties, and the covenants were always ratified or sealed with blood. That was to make a covenant, ratified a covenant, blood had to be spilled for that covenant to be ratified. Covenants were ratified or sealed with blood. Blood signifies the sacrifice was dead, for the life was in the blood. When God called Abraham, he confirmed it with his blood. When God established his laws with Moses and Israel, it was always done with blood. God was showing us a foreshadowing of the blood of Jesus Christ. In Leviticus 17, it says, I will set my face against any Israelite or any foreigner residing among them who eats blood, and I will cut them off from the people. For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given, I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. God was establishing his law for atonement and death, which is in the Old Testament, which was the sacrifice of blood. The, the word atonement in the Hebrew word is kapur, K-I-P-U-R, which means to cover or to purge or to make reconciliation and to cover with a coat or with pitch. God was covering, covering us with the blood of Jesus Christ. He was making atonement for us with the blood of Christ. But see, in the Old Testament, the Day of Atonement was done once a year, and the Bible says the high priest would go once a year and he would make a sacrifice for the sins of the people. But he'd have to repeat that year after year. But the Bible says Jesus Christ was our high priest. And Jesus only had to go make sacrifices once for us. And Jesus went in as our high priest and now we are forgiven and we are cleansed and we are free in Jesus Christ. That's the gift that God has given us on the cross. Hebrews chapter 9 it says, but when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who were ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished of God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? Isn't that beautiful the way the Hebrew writer explains that? That the blood of bulls and goats was only an annual reminder of sins but the Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ has removed our sins. And now we, have, now, we, now we can go and approach God because of what Christ has done for us. See, it's not part of human hands. It's not part of creation. Jesus himself became the sacrifice. His blood was shed, but it wasn't the blood of animals. And you have to remember that Jesus is not from earth. And, and this is so important. I've said this before to this church but the, 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 the birth of Jesus Christ was supernatural. In Luke chapter 1, um, remember when Mary was told by the angel that she was going to conceive and give birth, and this is how she replied. She said, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? 
The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. See, everything that God was doing was supernatural. And it's so important for us to understand that's why the birth, the, the virgin birth of Christ is so important. Jesus Christ was not of man. He was not contaminated by man. He wasn't polluted by the sin of man. Jesus Christ was born of heaven, conceived by the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us. That's why he was allowed to be the only perfect sacrifice. He was not part of man. It was supernatural. That, that is so important for us to understand this. The cross was a supernatural redemption for humanity. It was, it was free from any imperfection of man. So Hebrews says that the blood of bulls and goats made one outwardly clean. How much more the blood of Christ makes us clean inside. Think about that. We're washed. We're cleansed. And, you, and there's power in the blood. We sing that song, there's, there's wonder-working power in the blood. And I thought about this. Think about this. That blood that was shed, that was not human blood. It was human blood in the sense that Jesus was the God-man. He was the son of God and he was the son of man. But think about that. That blood was not the blood that you and I could produce. That was the blood of the sinless sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the perfect, the perfect sacrifice for us. That blood was shed. There's power in the blood for us. We claim the power over the blood of Jesus over our lives. We claim the blood of Jesus for our healing, for our, for our cleansing, for our resurrection. There's power in the blood. We, we need to be thankful for the blood that was shed. And that blood, that blood goes on even to this day. There's power in the blood today. The same power that the blood provided the day Christ was crucified is still available to us today. It's continuing. It's ongoing. It never stops. But, it's, but we have to understand it was, it was something God provided us from heaven. It was not from man. See, so what does the blood do? The blood of Christ removes our sin. It's removed from us. That's why we can go before God with, with no guilt and no shame. It, it, it's been removed, the Bible says. The blood of Jesus Christ took away our sins. The blood heals us. We claim the blood of Jesus for healing. The blood restores us. I love that. We, we, we have been restored back to God because of Christ's blood. The Bible says, Though your sins be like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Isn't that beautiful? That everything that was lost now in Christ has been brought back again. He, he redeemed us. We've been redeemed. We've been purchased, the Bible says. And then the blood of, the blood of Jesus Christ defeats death. That, that's our greatest victory. That, that's the greatest victory we receive in Christ is death has been defeated, the Bible says. And just like the blood, remember, the, the, and, and really the Lord's Supper is really a celebration of the Passover. What was the Passover? It was God delivering the nation of Israel from the hands of the Egyptian bondage that they were in. And God instructed the Jews to take the blood. And what did he say to do with the blood? To put the blood over the doorpost and, and over the door frames and the doorposts of their homes. And God said, I'm going to send a death angel. And the de but what, what, what did he say? When I see the blood, I'm going to pass over. Well, guess what's going to happen to you and I? When God sees the blood of Jesus Christ in our life, the death angel is going to pass over us. That's our salvation. That's why the Bible says you must be saved. Saved from what? Saved from death. That's why the, and Jesus, God, God told the Israelites to always remember, always remember the Passover. 
And that's what the Passover was. But when Jesus Christ was celebrating the Passover with the disciples, he was the lamb. He was the Passover lamb. Imagine that. The Jews understood all of that. They celebrated everything about that, 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 that Passover celebration. Now Jesus was sitting with his disciples, and the very thing that they celebrated all their whole life, the, 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 the person that that represented was sitting with them at the table. That's amazing. That's awesome. He, he was the Passover lamb. Thank God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. The blood has been applied. See, not, not man's blood, not, to, not a denomination, not a religion, not good works, not all those things, the blood of Jesus. It's not by works. We humble ourselves before God. We are, in, we are in utter humility and complete brokenness before God because we didn't contribute anything to this. We made no contribution. The only contribution we make is reception. We receive. We believe. We place our faith but we don't contribute anything to the salvation that God has given us. It's a gift. And what a great gift it is that God has made available to us. And then the, the, the last thing I want to look at here is what the supernatural thing the cross did for us is his death gave us supernatural access. And I think a lot of us forget this sometimes of what the cross has done for us. But in Matthew 27, it says, When Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks, the rocks split. See, there was a curtain that hung in the temple, the Bible says. And the only person that could go beyond that curtain was, was, was the high priest. It was called the Holy of Holies. And even when he went in, he was literally taking a risk of his own life being uh, dying because if he went in, with, with, with some kind of unconfessed or a sin that, was not, that, that, was, that he did not confess, he would die. Was, he was in the presence of God. But now the Bible says when Jesus Christ hung on the cross and when he gave up his spirit, the Bible says the, the veil of the temple was ripped, was ripped down in half. And that, what does that show? That shows that you and I now through Christ have direct access to God. That's why prayer is so amazing. That we can go, the Bible says, I can pray before God. Something that a priest had to do on my behalf. Someone had to go on my behalf. And, I, and he had to be like an intercessor to go before me. Now the Bible says Jesus is making intercession for us. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. We can go boldly, the Bible says. Go boldly before the throne of God. Not because I'm good. I ain't good. There's no good in us. It's Christ in me. So we can go as a child. We can go as a son. Go as a daughter. Just as you would go to your mama or your daddy. And just pour your heart out before God. Just lay it all out before God. He knows. That's access. We have direct access now before God. And it was given to us because of the supernatural death of Jesus Christ. See, the man-made temple was being replaced with the new temple, which is Jesus himself. Jesus Christ became the temple. And now because of the blood, because of his blood, we have access to the Father as often as we want to go. I can go before God as many times as I want to go, 10 times a day, 100 times a day, just in constant communication with God because of Jesus Christ, because of the blood. That, that's a gift. That's a blessing that God has given us. See, the cross is the bridge from the natural to the supernatural. Hebrews chapter 10 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, that's, that's, that's us. 
if we're in Christ, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled, with, sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. So now we can go. There's no barrier. There's no obstacle anymore. Every barrier, every obstacle has been removed. If you have confessed Christ as Lord of your life and Jesus Christ resides in you and you surrender to him, the Bible says we have access to go before God and we have communication. We can commune with God because of Christ. What a beautiful gift that God has given us. And all of this has been done supernaturally for us. It's not of man. See, man, see, if man would have had his hand in it, number one, man would have messed it up. We would have never, we would have never gotten it right. But the other thing that man wanted to guess what man would have did? We'd have boasted about it. Because we'd have said, look how good I was. Look how good I am. God, look at the look how good. See, God accepted me. But God said, no, no, no. I'm, I'm gonna make it in such a way that you have absolutely zero to do with this. Nothing. It's gonna be all of me. I'm just going to, come, I'm going to come down. What, what, what we couldn't do, the Bible says God did. What man couldn't do for himself, God did for us through Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to ask Eli, if he can, just to begin playing that music that, that he has back there. And, and um, so we're going, to, we're going to go today and, and celebrate um, communion. And, and again, I just want us to just contemplate the supernatural gift that God gave us, that supernaturally, God intervened on our behalf. And God, Jesus Christ came from heaven. He came down from heaven, the Bible says, to earth, humbled himself, became a man. God walked among us, was willing to suffer humiliation, was considered, the Bible says, basically just an ordinary average person. There was nothing the Bible says that drew us to him, that made us esteem him or think that he was anything special. But he was God. And he was willing to die for us and to suffer for us because he loved us. That's what the Bible says, because, because God loved us. Amen.